Hi, and welcome to the Days Gone podcast. I'm Claire Weaver, a screenwriter, author, and Days Gone fan, and this podcast is a place to discuss the game in all its glory, share my opinions, both popular and unpopular, and listen to me fangirl over one of the best games ever made. There will be spoilers ahead, so continue at your own risk. Welcome to The Freak Show. Before we get started, I have a couple reminders. Weekdays at 7.30am Pacific Time, you can watch me livestream my Days Gone playthrough. I take on hordes, talk shit about rippers, and lay waste to ambush camps, all before I've had my morning cup of coffee. You can find me on my YouTube channel, just search for Days Gone Podcast. And on Tuesdays, I join the Spornicus Rex YouTube channel for a collaborative livestream playthrough of Days Gone. He goes into advanced gameplay tactics and strategy, and I discuss the story, characters, and all the amazing details of the game. You can find us live on the Spornicus Rex YouTube channel every Tuesday at 6pm Pacific. Alright, today I have the pleasure of talking with a Days Gone fan who's taught me a thing or two about the game, and a fellow collaborator on the Spornicus Rex channel, Dandy Denny! Hey Dandy, how are you doing today? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you for asking. Thank you so much for coming on the show as well. Uh, this is this is kind of an honour because we've talked on Reddit a few times and we've talked on live streams, you've been an audience on my live stream and you're always on the Spornicus Rex channel and now here we are together on the podcast. Well, it, the honour's all mine. I've never been on a podcast before, I've never listened to a podcast before yours, so this is a whole new world. <laughs> Oh, well, all right, let's start off just talking about the game, because, um, you know, we all know it, we all love it. How did you first discover Days Gone, and how many times have you played it? <laughs> um, I've played it through four times all the way, and I have two other playthroughs that I'm currently working on. <laughs> I remember seeing the trailer when it first came out, like the very first reveal trailer at E3, like, a hundred years ago, it seems like. Um, and <laughs> yeah, right. it's sort of, I was like, you know, oh, that looks like an awesome game. That'll be four years from now or something. I'll worry about it when it comes out. And then, you know, later I saw something online about it and I was like, man, how did this game come out? And I've never even heard of it. And then I start looking at it and I was like, why can't I find the Xbox version of this game anywhere? Because <laughs> at the time my household was all Xbox. So I was like, oh man, maybe eventually it'll come out on Xbox. It'll, you know, it's not going to be a PlayStation exclusive forever. Well, then I started looking more into it and they were like, oh no, this is, this is like the last of us. It's an exclusive. It's that's it. PlayStation. Mm. So then about the time the pandemic started right before, uh, about the game had been out about a year, I went and bought a PlayStation <laughs> and days gone. Cause that was, I was like, no, I have to play this game. I need to play this game. And, uh, that was it. <laughs> I don't think I've played anything for very long since then. Did you know at the time that it was going to be a super special game or what was your expectation going in? Um, I knew it had a lot of things that I like in games from what I had looked at. And I think the, the final nail in the coffin that actually made me go buy a PlayStation was uh, I watched someone's playthrough online. I watched like the first episode of it because I was like, all right, I want to see what this is going to be. And it was probably only up to crazy willies or something like it was just the very beginning and i was like i have to go buy this like i went and purchased it immediately <laughs> i was like this is gonna be awesome i i need to play this game 
you just knew. You were just yeah. like, this is in my wheelhouse. <laughs> this is what I like. So I, I knew it had some of the elements I liked, but after I watched a little bit of the gameplay uh, from other people on YouTube playing through it, I was like, oh, <laughs> this is for me. What's your favorite character or, or what's your favorite element from the game? I think my favorite character is Sarah. Okay, why? That's not one that normally people say Boozer. That's the yeah. common answer. But why Sarah? He, he's a close second. <laughs> I don't know. I think that it's just her storyline and everything she goes through is kind of what brings Deacon back from all of his grief and his, like, you know, starting to lose his grip on his humanity and stuff. And it's just, it's kind of what makes the story from a good game to a excellent game is like to have all that depth and the like you know it like a lot of people expect when Deacon shows up at Wizard Island that you know it's like oh sweet Sarah's alive they're gonna you know make out and ride off into the sunset and birds will be singing and it'll be great and lots of video (laughs) games are kind of like that's what you get it's a very simple surface level story and you know any deeper than that you just have to focus on the gameplay but this one is a lot deeper and I think that she's sort of the instigating factor for that like mm-hmm. she's what makes it her being a real person and like an actual fleshed out character instead of a blonde Barbie doll that Deacon comes to save is you know what makes it have a lot more depth right right on the money I mean <laughs> I agree completely um Sarah I think is arguably or maybe not even arguably i think she hands down is the best female video game character certainly that i've ever seen i I couldn't name one that has more like you say realism and depth yeah i mean there's a lot of great video game characters female video game characters but i think sarah definitely takes the cake yeah there's tons of good female characters in this game too specifically like i wish you got Mm -hmm. even more of them (laughs) yes yeah (laughs) Like, you know, it would have been very easy to turn Ricky into an enemy because, oh, Deacon turned her down. So now she's, you know, butthurt and bitter about it or something. But they still seem to retain their friendship, even though he said, you know, first of all, you're dating Addie. Second of all, no way. <laughs> but they could have easily made that, you know, Schizo Jr. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's, uh, you know, Schizo is kind of the ultimate but hurts rejection story. Um, He has the hots for Ricky. Mm -hmm. And of course she's totally not into him. And yeah. And then of course she's thrown herself at Deacon and Schizo sees it. But a lot of games or a lot of stories, TV shows, movies, you know, would have twisted that to be like, Oh, well now she's bitter and upset about it. Cause he, you know, hurt her Mm -hmm. feelings or something. Or like I said, they would, you know, Sarah would be just a, a cardboard cutout that you, you know, stick on the back of your white motorcycle and ride off into the sunset with. Yeah. I'm also glad they didn't go down the road with Ricky, uh, with Schizo's interest in Ricky and using her as an object that Schizo wants and is part of the whole deal with Deacon and the whole like animosity. It's, I mean, it's obviously kind of there as like a sort of layer underneath that he feels threatened by Deacon in yet another way it's like deacon's trying to take over lost lake and he's trying to take you know this girl that schizo's interested in yeah but i'm glad that they didn't go too far with that and have ricky be this like object that the men are fighting over and just reduce her character they're trying to fight over who gets to play with kind of thing yeah yeah i love that she's her own person 
She's she's not a toy. She's not a trophy. She's not something to be won. In the same way that Sarah is not just an a Barbie doll that needs saving. She has her own shit going on. That's one of the things that makes the the game so so fucking good is that all of the characters feel real, even though we don't get to see what Sarah's been doing for the past two years, you know she's been doing something. You see how she's been changed by her journey. She has had a journey. We don't get yeah. to see it, but she's obviously clearly had a journey she, that she's She didn't on. just sit in a tent in some camp somewhere and cry for two years. <laughs> <laughs> when will Deacon come and save me? <laughs> All right, I want to get into a little bit about play styles. Uh, this will lead into our main topic of the week. But first of all, I just want to talk about your personal play style, how you approach the game. Because I've asked you this question before, and um, you have a very particular way you like to play um, in terms of discovering the the maps and, and clearing everything and being very methodical and making sure you know the world a lot before you move on to a new area. Can you talk a bit about that? One of the first video games I ever played as an adult was Assassin's Creed, and I've played all of them at this point. And so it was, I'm much more of a stealthy player. I, I can sit in that bush all day waiting for you to be just where I want you to be so I can kill you. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm also, I think it goes back to Assassin's Creed. You know, you would get these big, huge maps that opened up one section at a time and you would have all these icons on the map. And I'm very like, I like to go through and clear everything out. It drove me insane on my first playthrough that you couldn't get all of the jobs for Copeland and Tucker before it was like, all right, time to go to Lost Lake. <laughs> I was like, but I'm not done. It says I've only done four out of six jobs. Where are the other two? You know, I'm, I'm definitely a, a, an explorer and a clear everything off, you know, finish part A before you go to part B. And like, I don't mind visiting the new areas like you know going to different areas but i still want to like check all the boxes and do all the stuff in part one before mm. i go to part two do you have kind of a fear that the game will cut you off from old areas before you get a chance to finish them sometimes part of that is definitely i'm like i'm gonna miss something if i don't you know max everything out before i go on and some games it's structured where it's supposed to be like that you know like if you try to stray outside mm -hmm. of the border you're gonna they're gonna be like you know level 500 and they're going to squish you with their thumb <laughs> you know but uh <laughs> but yeah i definitely i've been burned before <laughs> video games they're like oh no that's it you missed it the easter egg is gone you you didn't get yeah. the secret <laughs> All right, so I invited you on the podcast today to discuss a very divisive topic among <laughs> fans of Days Gone, the crossbow. Some people love it, some people hate it, and it seems like everybody has an opinion. What are your thoughts on the crossbow, and why do you think it's so divisive? Well, it's one of my favorite weapons, like, above all. I mean, you know, ideally, if I could, I would carry some kind of sniper rifle, the crossbow, and the SMP9 or some other kind of pistol rifle sidearm. But I think it's, how would you say it, not a fan favorite because it's a little bit harder to master maybe. It's not quite as easy as a, you know, point and shoot gun. And there's, you know, you have to consider gravity and the distance. And it's, it definitely requires more attention to what you're doing. 
It is not as easy to just whip it out and go. You you do have to have a little bit slower, methodical approach to it, or you're not going to succeed with it. And then you're going to be like, ah, this sucks. Uh, give me the crappy sniper rifle, because that's better than this. But if you can, I guess, dedicate the time to figuring out the the trick to using it, I think it's super rewarding because I have made some absolutely ridiculous shots with the crossbow. Like, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to just have to suspend disbelief because I don't think that's even possible. <laughs> In terms of, like, distance yes, away? Yes, yes. I don't even think it has a range. Like... I can't remember exactly what it says in the game, but I'm telling you, this I've hit things from farther away with the crossbow than any other weapon in the game. Really? Because I always use the crossbow sort of mid-range. I will do, because mm -hmm. I'm a very stealthy player, I will sneak in. I don't like to miss shots because I don't want to alert the enemy to my presence. So I'll sneak as close as I can, I'll sit in a bush. And then I'll shoot them from like mid-range, probably. So I've never really tried the crossbow from a long range, but that's never really bothered me because I'm a sneak in anyway kind of person. <laughs> yeah, I like I that's one of my favorite parts of the crossbow is that you can remain stealthy. And even if you hit them and they're like, oh god, I've been hit, you can quickly slam another shot to kill them if you missed the first time, and it still keeps you from being uh alert keeps the camp from being alerted or keeps mm -hmm. the others as long as they're not like right on top of you or right on top of the person you hit you can stay in stealth it was the ripper camp that's in belknap where they have the guys up in the tower and they're it's like the crater one like the black crater, black crater. i think the ambush mm -hmm. yeah ambush camp um but they've got the guys up in the sniper tower i hit one of them from like way across the map where you can come into the camp on the other side i was like there's no way i'm gonna make this shot that's i you know there's absolutely no way this will hit him and it hit him and it was a headshot <laughs> like i was just like what the fuck did i just do <laughs> how much did you have to account for gravity uh a lot <laughs> yeah um it wasn't too bad i know that that was the drifter crossbow and i know that it was upgraded like i'd done i'd gotten all the skill points at that point that would let you improve the crossbow so it was like the best it could be mm -hmm. but um it was still i want to say you know like you have the little like tick marks under the crossbow to aim i want to say the bottom one was like quite a bit above his head <laughs> okay that's why i was like i'm gonna try this but there's no way it's gonna land i'm, I'm never gonna hit that it was just as far as anything that I've hit with the BFG in the later stages of the game. Awesome. So you play with a crossbow a lot, right? So you're you're pretty I used do. to almost you have the muscle memory of like how high you have to aim with the distance yes. and gravity and things like that. It's definitely um, something you have to practice at and you have to use it frequently because I've the last playthrough I did, I didn't use the cross. I was trying to like branch out and use guns that I don't typically use. Um, mm -hmm. And so I was trying to like, you know, because everybody always, oh, the chopper or oh, this or that. I feel or, like you know. we so all, I was, I was trying we to all like, have that playthrough. <laughs> I was trying to like branch out and I was like, okay, let's see. Let's see what is so great about these guns that everybody, you know, oh, this is my number one gun in Days Gone. I'm ah, okay, let's see. Um, and so now going back, this playthrough I'm doing, I've been using the crossbow a lot, and I can definitely tell that that my skill has gone down a little bit from ah. from not, I guess, practicing with it. <laughs> but it's not as quick to bounce back as like the guns or the 
the, some of the other weapons and stuff. Mm. But it is mm-hmm. it is a little harder than the guns. So I know some people are just like, I'm not willing to put forth the effort. But I think it's more satisfying and it definitely is you can carry one weapon and you have a lot more options too because when then when then when you get into all the other different varieties of bolts and stuff you have a lot of choices yeah you don't it's not just a bow and arrow <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we will get into those in a minute um i just want to stay on the topic of playstyle for a second do you think the crossbow informs the playstyle i mean obviously it leans more stealth but can it have a role in a more aggressive playstyle, or does it force you to maintain a more stealthy playstyle? Um, it depends. I think at the beginning of the game, when you're basically using just the basic crossbow bolts, I think it does sort of box you into being stealthy, which is kind of the way the beginning of the game is designed anyway. It's kind mm-hmm. of supposed to be hard. You're supposed to be sneaking around. You know, if you try to just like fight everybody head on at the very beginning, a lot of times you're going to get your ass kicked repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I think with like the residue bolts where you can basically like cause a humongous distraction, if you hit the right guy, he can pretty much take out the whole camp for you. Or in the later game, when you have like the explosive bolts and stuff, I think it gives you the option to move pretty seamlessly between like going loud or being stealthy because you can you know blow a couple things up and then run halfway across the map and hide in a bush and then you can go back to you know shooting people with the bolts whereas Mm -hmm. with the guns if you run out of your suppressor or once you go loud it's kind of like oh that's it you're done they see where you're shooting from now because there's little explosions you know little muzzle flashes so they i guess that's why they can see you right right that makes sense so you kind of have a better option for going back and forth if you want to Mm. alternate or, you know. Yeah. I play very stealthily, so I'm not really concerned with that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll stick with my crossbow. (laughs) (laughs) I want to ask about the difference between the starter crossbow and the drifter crossbow, because you start out the game with like a basic crossbow, and then at a certain point, I forget exactly what triggers it but you unlock the drifter crossbow which is a it seems to be quite an upgrade but i was checking out the stats and it really only adds a little bit more into the damage and a little bit more into the accuracy but it feels there's something about the feeling of it. it's like oh i have arrived with this crossbow like it feels <laughs> like it's more uh just is more competent it does feel like quite an upgrade uh i think it's at the end of the the like gear up for the ride mission mm. um where you're it's kind of like so it usually coincides with pretty close to like when you're starting to head to lost lake but i know that they also did the drifter crossbow is one of those things that was unlocked early for a lot of people like if you pre-ordered the game or if you you know there's right. like certain bonuses or you know if you bought it when it first came out on steam or something they, the drifter crossbow is frequently one of the you know perks mm-hmm I wonder if some of the difference, some of that feeling of there being a difference comes from the fact that you've maybe unlocked more of the skills. So for someone like me, who's not really using the crossbow very much, I use it a bit at the beginning, then I get guns and I'm like, okay, let me roll with the guns for a bit. And then I get the drifter crossbow and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll give this a try again. I've unlocked maybe some of the crossbow skills. So perhaps yeah. it is, you know, better damage, better accuracy, but it's also has the skills added to that. So suddenly it feels so much more, uh, so much yeah. better than the starter crossbow, but perhaps it's 
just the, the stage you're at in the game. There's the couple of skills that apply specifically to the crossbow, but then there's also a few of the ones in the ranged tree that also apply to the crossbow. You know, like moving or what is it like aiming the weapon with more precision or, you know, like some of them aren't specifically for the guns. Like obviously, you know, Mm -hmm. like the I can't think of what it is, but some of them are sort of applied to both. You know, Right, right. Because it still counts as a ranged weapon. Yeah, because it can improve your crossbow aiming or your your precision or your, you know, I don't know if you really necessarily have a recoil with a crossbow, but some of those skills sort of bleed over into both yeah and i imagine the reload there's a skill for reducing reload time i imagine that applies as well to the crossbow because the reload on the crossbow is pretty damn slow especially when it's every (laughs) shot that is a uh, that's why you you definitely still need a gun and it's not like i would say i'm gonna play with the crossbow and nothing else (laughs) because i enjoy pain (laughs) there was someone who did that there was a video someone did that where they played the entire game with just the crossbow and rocks that was it i think i've seen that um Mm -hmm. i saw the one with the knife and the rocks that was hilarious (laughs) he he did the whole game with nothing but the knife and rocks (laughs) I thought I was giving myself a hard time with my current playthrough, doing the antisocial playthrough, so not going into camps to buy ammo or guns or grenades or medkits or anything like that. Um, you know, no no saddlebags on the bike, none of that stuff. Just literally going into camps to get jobs and upgrade the bike. I, that's a, a little cheat. Um, but yeah, this is <laughs> it's been fun. It definitely adds a new challenge, but it does not compare to just using a knife or just the crossbow no way because <laughs> that's like you literally have to be right up on top of everybody you can't yeah. get anything from a distance <laughs> yeah i don't even that's, know how you that's take pretty on much the opposite of what i do <laughs> yeah. um i want to talk for a second about sniper rifles because this is usually the rebuttal of well why would i use the crossbow if i can use a sniper rifle with a suppressor and hit an enemy from further away with more accuracy. What do you? What? How would you answer that? And why don't you use a sniper rifle? Or do you ever use a sniper rifle? I do. I do. That's my two most used weapons. Would be the sniper rifle and the crossbow. My answer to that, though, would be that if you run out of a suppressor, you're forced to go loud. And when you get to the late game with the BFG, it doesn't really matter. You can be like. I'm half a mile away and I could kill all of you before you get to me. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I can be as loud as I know, like, with, motherfucker. <laughs> in, when, when you've got the, the lower level uh, sniper rifles, I, mm-hmm. there's much less advantage to going with the rifle because if you run out of the suppressor, you have to go loud. If you run out of ammo, that's it. You're done. You If you can scavenge some, you can scavenge some. But it's a lot easier to find scrap and trees to me anyway, than it is to necessarily find those ammo cans sometimes. Mm, mm -hmm. Especially sort of like in the middle of the game where you've probably like cleared out a bunch of the ammo tins, but you're not quite at the point where you can get the BFG. It's sort of in that middle range where most people have moved on to using the sniper rifles that I think that the crossbow provides more of a benefit. Right. Do you think the crossbow should be a primary weapon? I wish it was. 
because then you i mean the crossbow it kind of feels like a primary and then you could have the sidearm and then you could have your yeah. sniper rifle or your mg55 for example and it would it would also sort of make sense because the only other like fully suppressed weapon is a primary right the only other weapon that you have that can always be silent is the the rock chuck mm-hmm. which is another one i really like <laughs> <laughs> I don't want them to know I'm there until I want them to know I'm there. <laughs> right. No, I mean, that's that's a good strategy. All right, let's go through the versatility of the crossbow, because that is one of its biggest advantages, aside from stealth, the different bolt types that you can use. Probably the most useful, I would argue, is the incendiary bolts. Uh, these are the little flaming arrows that are superb for taking out nests, especially when you get south of the map and you can take out all the crier nests because there's a fuck ton of those. Criers. <laughs> yeah. And for, unlike the Molotovs, which use one kerosene for each Molotov, the incendiary bolts use one kerosene for three bolts. So you get three shots. Yeah, you get better return on your, uh, your investment. investments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, if you're rolling with a crossbow, you're using the incendiary bolts a lot, I imagine, to take out those nests. And you can even use them for, you know, it's not just the criers. I mean, you can use them for the other nests as well, and it gives you the opportunity to, because, you know, if you throw the Molotov, even if you do it from the bushes or from stealth, they almost always see you. And Mm -hmm. they seem to know, you know, where you threw the giant flaming bottle from. (laughs) So, I mean, it makes sense. know what it means. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're like, hey, that bush, (laughs) it it tried to burn us out of our home. Um, But with the bolts, they don't don't know where you are. So you can remain Mm -hmm. stealthy most of the time. Um, So it gives you the option to, you know, sort of snipe the nests and then run away if you choose to and not fight all the freaks that come out. I think my favorite one of the bolts is probably the residue bolt. Mm-hmm. I, I think like, that's going to be like everyone's to go favorite. Make a distraction <laughs> or create a uh, <laughs> create a um, little bit of chaos. So, for people listening who maybe don't use the crossbow, do you want to explain what it is? Um, yes, it is made from the residue you pick up inside the nests after you burn them and it is basically like a little berserk dart you can hit any of the enemy types with it and they will go attack their friends instead of now and there are stipulations if they see you and you're the closest enemy combatant to them they'll still come after you but if you hit them and they don't see you they're gonna go run off to try and find someone else to kill I believe there's also a, a little delay when you first hit them because they kind of like, especially the human enemies, they stand there for a minute freaking out and you can run away. You can completely gain stealth and they don't seem to see you for a good like four or five yeah. seconds. It, you do have a little bit of leeway, but if you just like stand there, they will try to attack you if you're closest. Right. Because I mean, it says one of the like Nero intels I think that you get says that it's basically like, uh, you know, psychoactive drug and it affects humans like a really really bad trip (laughs) yeah (laughs) um because the i can't remember exactly what it says but it's like oh yeah we we found those drifters who were basically smoking or snorting the nest residue and it does work as a you know psychoactive drug similar to like shrooms or something like that Mm, mm -hmm. and it also 
it kills the person you shoot after a while. If they don't get killed yes. by their friends that they're shooting at or, or attacking, yeah. they will actually still die after a certain period of time. Yes. So you at least are guaranteed to get that one killed. You just have to wait on it. <laughs> yeah. I know with some of the bigger enemies, like the Reachers and the Bears and stuff, it takes a long time for them to die yes. from a residue bolt if they don't get murdered by someone else first. Well, like like you saw in your... your ambush camp uh, challenge run that you did you can even the heavily armored guys you can still hit them in the leg and mm -hmm. so then not only will that guy die and you only had to hit him once with one shot one bullet one bolt whatever but then he is also heavily armored so his friends are going to have to waste all their ammo trying to kill him <laughs> and he's going to go around and kill as many of them as he can so you have to be to use it most effectively you have to kind of be choosy Mm -hmm. You have to, you have to like decide, Hey, that guy has a stick. So I really don't want to hit him with the residue bolt because he's going to get mowed down by the sniper. But if I hit the sniper with the residue bolt, or if I hit the guy who has the, you know, semi-automatic weapon, then he's going to be able to take out a good two thirds of this camp. And I'm just not going to have to do anything. I can just mm -hmm. watch them all run around like ants. <laughs> <laughs> What do you make of the explosive bolts? This is probably my least favorite of all the bolts. I mean, it's good to have them. I would definitely prefer to use like the pipe bombs or the grenades or the proximity mines or something like that. But um, you unlock them so late in the game mm. for the most part that I probably have the least experience with those and the poison bolts. It's kind of like, I know I can use them and I have them, but I don't really rely on them very much because I'm used to having played you know a good two-thirds of the game before you get to that point so it's mm -hmm. kind of like eh, well i'm out of grenades so i guess i'll use these <laughs> yeah i just find them not very effective you know they don't really blow up as much. like you say it's kind of like why use a pipe bomb when you can use a grenade it's like why use the explosive bolt when you can use a pipe bomb or a grenade but it does give you the option to carry you know what is it like six more explosive somethings so you have a little yeah, bit more point. power behind it um i think that it might be another instance of the resources going farther as well i'm pretty sure you get more if you're making the explosive bolts than if you were making uh pipe bombs or proximity bombs now i know the grenades and the mines are better but if you're looking between you know your pipe bombs or explosive bolts or your you know your proximity bomb because the proximity bombs are not very good anyway <laughs> yeah and then the poison the poison I, I i love hitting them human enemies especially with the poison it's kind of entertaining but again like you say you get that so late game it doesn't really feel very tactical or or it doesn't yeah. really fit into a play style or strategy you've already pretty much adapted to the world without it yeah they, the explosive bolts and i mean maybe Maybe you do make a good point with the explosive bolts, but the poison especially feels like a fun thing that they're giving you for New Game Plus. You know, so like on your next playthrough, you'll have it unlocked, have some fun, poison some enemies, watch them die in agony and then go loot their corpses. <laughs> um, isn't life fun in the world of Days Gone? <laughs> Don't we love poisoning people? <laughs> um, yeah, it's the, and see, I have only played New Game Plus once. I'm not, it's not really... I don't find it as enjoyable as playing from scratch. I like being able to like slowly build your way up and being able mm -hmm. to unlock everything. And I also really enjoy 
the first part of the game where it is just so super hard and if you look at a wolf wrong it kills you and you know I like that beginning section of the game a lot um Mm -hmm. I think it's probably my favorite so yeah new game plus is is just not not for me (laughs) I did it once to to look at the fancy weapon and see what it was like but I prefer fresh starts you do you mentioned the fancy weapon you do have in new game plus the bnd 150 which is a sniper rifle which has similar versatility to the crossbow i was kind of underwhelmed with that one i would rather have the sniper rifle or the crossbow either of them more than i don't know it just wasn't like i you know the the gas darts are kind of spotty with whether they work at all or not and yeah the other ones are just kind of meh Yeah, I haven't had much luck with the gas darts. I do wish the crossbow had some, like, electric, like, taser darts or something. Like, almost, not necessarily, like, freezing, but something that would make your enemies stand still if you needed them to. And so Mm. you would get, like, that from, like, a taser or some kind of, like, electronic electrocution dart or something. Well, taser dart, yeah. It would be cool if you could have a crossbow bolt that was a gas cloud or something like use the poison but create yeah. like a cloud like a toxic fog smoke bomb a toxic smoke bomb on a crossbow bolt that would be really cool if it was more effective than the bnd yeah it would be interesting if you had smoke bombs just like a, re- a regular smoke bomb where you could like pinpoint it and you know cuz you could shoot the crossbow a lot farther than you can throw anything mm-hmm. so that's sort of another another way that you get if you're like oh look there's you know a heavy freaker up there that i don't really want to get close to because he's gonna spot me immediately i you can hit them from much farther away with an incendiary bolt or with the explosive dart or you know with whatever another thing that would be cool would be putting an attractor on a bolt like something that like Mm. a noisemaker so you could again like you say you can shoot it a lot further than you can throw anything so you could actually like make some sort of attractor. I mean, this is probably messing with the physics of what you can actually attach <laughs> to a bolt and shoot, but if there was some sort of noisemaker you could you could attach to it. That but cool. that's the sort of thing that, you know, in a more, you know, realistic or real life scenario, that would be the kind of thing that you could like troubleshoot and be like, all right, I want to figure out how to, you know, attach firecrackers to my crossbow bolts so that I can right. you know, have a noisemaker. It, it wouldn't be necessarily an attractor, but it would be the same kind of idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Deacon's going to get Ricky to figure out how to make whatever kind of weapons that they want to make. What are some of the downsides of using the crossbow, do you think? Well, some people don't like having to like loot for the extra items, basically, and having it use up all your scrap and stuff. I have never really had a problem with the availability of loot and items in the game. There's there's a lot of it out there, but you know it is easier to just cha-ching and per- purchase your <laughs> ammo at the camps and stuff. One step, it's done. <laughs> I don't have to make my bolts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I guess it goes back to what you were saying earlier about your playstyle, being an explorer. You know, you're finding all of the the stuff everywhere and you enjoy doing that, where some people don't like doing that. They don't want to have to roam around the map. And the crossbow, I used it a lot on my second playthrough. I was really experimenting with it. And it takes a lot of scrap, especially south of the mountains, Crater Lake area. There is a lot less scrap. There's a lot less of everything. <laughs> Every car in Chamalt seems to have been looted 
there was no scrap. There are tons of cars there, but there's no scrap. So I started to run out. And I think that was one of the reasons why I stopped using the crossbow was because it just took up so much scrap. And I like to use the melee weapon. So I'm using scrap for that. And I'm not the best at driving my bike. So I kind of need a little bit of scrap every now and again <laughs> to fix up my need bike. <laughs> yeah. And I know you could take the bike into the camps and have them fix it. I don't really use the camps very much as I have been famously teased for <laughs> on my live streams. Uh, I'm not a going into camp kind of person. So yeah, I did tend to run out of scrap. But I guess if you know going in, it's an easy thing to balance. I also don't like that it takes up the special weapon slot as well. Like I really do think yeah. it should be in the primary. Perfect scenario, I could carry the crossbow and a sniper rifle. Mm. And then I would probably never go into a camp. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> um, I think south of the mountains, there's a lot more of the little piles of scrap everywhere. Mm. Um, and those and respawn eventually. Yes. Yeah, so, they do. But there's, they definitely, I, I feel like it's by design that the, the southern areas of the map have a like picked over kind of feel to them. You'll see lots of stuff and it's like, these are places that normally you would find loot, but here it's just empty. Like, you know, because there was a there was Nero camps down there and there's the militia camp and they're going through and burning things and they're sort of, you know, join us or die to everyone that they come across. And, you know, then there's a, you know, few other camps, but everything's been overrun. And yeah, it's supposed to just kind of have that. We have to branch out because there's no more resources here kind of feel to it. Yeah, I love the way you say it has a picked over feel. That's exactly how it feels. The crossbow, compared to a lot of the late game weapons, feels very underpowered. You know, there's that temptation for, well, if I can buy the MG55, why wouldn't I? <laughs> what, what's your take on that? I mean, obviously the crossbow is, is not the weapon of choice for dealing with any kind of horde ever. <laughs> um, I suppose that I have spent so much time with it probably because my first, probably my first two playthroughs, I didn't go after any hordes i i did what the game said and i avoided the shit out of them mm -hmm. <laughs> i said yep. that's scary and i'm nope i'm out <laughs> um but yeah it's definitely you know there's no reason to try and take it to fight a horde unless you want to try and use one of the explosive bolts for what is it the the little bear lake <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> where they're yes. all already grouped together in the, yep. in the shack <laughs> that's about the only one that i can think that it might work with <laughs> Because it's almost as powerful as a grenade. Once you get south of the mountain, because there's so many people you run into with body armor and so many of the guys that are already carrying machine guns or the flamethrowers or, you know, stuff like that. And then you have all these rager bears and stuff. It definitely is. You would have to want to, like, stick to the crossbow out of principle. <laughs> because, I mean... Pretty much everything in the game feels underpowered next to like the MG55 or the BFG. <laughs> right. There, there's sort of like nothing else that compares. What, uh, what weapon do you like to use when you're taking on hordes? Do you swap out the crossbow for something else? Definitely. <laughs> um, I sort of go back and forth. It depends. Because like I said, I avoided the hordes a lot when I first started playing. So I didn't have the guns that you would unlock through defeating the hordes because i mean i like religiously if there was a horde i noped in the other direction <laughs> <laughs> so uh i don't have as much um 
experience with some of the weapons that you would unlock through there. Now, like the SMP9 and the auto shotgun, you can buy those, but like the IDF pup and the the MG55, I don't think you can buy that anywhere, can you? It's just the 45 that you can buy. I should know that, but I always unlock it through killing the hordes, so. Yeah. And then I, I don't pay any so attention. I, ha- I notoriously don't pay attention to the weapons. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I know what I like and I stick to that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the camp. <laughs> they <Yeah>. sell guns. <laughs> <laughs> where <laughs> um but yeah i'm i'm definitely a, a creature of habit and i stick to what i know and what i like but i i do love the auto shotgun and the smp9 and uh the mg55 i'm not a real big fan of some of the others that people like swear by like i i don't know what it is about it i just i do not like the chopper at all same if I had to pick it up because I was out of ammo and someone else dropped it, then I guess I might go without a weapon. <laughs> um, but that one and then the, what is it? The PPSH and the RPD. I, all three of those are, I'm not sure what it is about them, but I just, they are not my favorite guns. Um, but yeah, the MG55 is probably my favorite, like heavy duty horde weapon. Mm-hmm. All right, I've got one last question for you. If you found yourself in the world of Days Gone, how would you fare and which camp would you end up in? I'm sort of idealistic, so I'd like to say that I would be at Lost Lake, but <laughs> the the more realistic answer is I would probably be a freak or dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, that's sort of a majority of everybody, right? Right. Uh, but, yeah, I I definitely would want to be at Lost Lake. But I think that's probably everybody's answer. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Lost Lake is the perfect camp. It seems to, you know, it's it's a well-defended camp. It's well-structured. Everyone there seems fairly happy. And it's oriented towards rebuilding society versus the other camps that are very reactive to the world, very defensive, um, very hard and, and tough to mm-hmm. live in. Um, so yeah, Lost Lake... For the win, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's secured. It's open-minded. It's uh, not a slave camp in any form <laughs> <Yes>. or fashion. <laughs> Bonus points for not being a slave camp. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have the militia and then you have Tucker's camp and it's kind of like, ah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the militia does have, um, what do they call it? The, yeah, the, work, the work camp. camp. Mm-hmm. What would your contribution be to the camp? I know... A little bit about a lot of things, <laughs> you know, like a what's what's the saying? Um, jack of all trades. Yeah, I know a little bit about a lot. I know a lot about plants. I um, know a lot about like different herbs and some of their uses and stuff, and how you make different things out of them. Mm, so you could be like the camp botanist. <laughs> you mentioned in one of your streams having a stack of like, you know, into the world books where you, <laughs> these are the things I'm going to learn <laughs> yep. once I need to. <laughs> this is, this goes with my bag. <laughs> um, yeah, I have, I have a lot of those too. <laughs> I have a little stack of, I'm like, all right, these are things that I'm going to teach myself when society crumbles and I need a way to survive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. A couple things before we wrap up. Uh, you can support the Days Gone podcast via buymeacoffee.com slash daysgonepod, where you can throw a little money in the tip jar if you're feeling generous. That really helps me with the overhead costs of running the show. And I want to give a special shout out to Joey Image, who bought me coffee this week. 
Thank you, Joey. You might remember Joey was a guest on the podcast back in episode 24. And if you haven't heard the episode, definitely go take a listen. He shares some great stories about meeting the people at Ben's studio. You can also support the podcast by simply leaving a review on Spotify or whatever app you listen to us on. And subscribe and give us a thumbs up on YouTube. That helps the algorithm do its thing so more people can find the podcast. Dandy Denny, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great talking with you. Thank you for having me. You can email me your thoughts, comments, opinions, and counter-arguments at daysgonepod at gmail.com. You can also find me moderating the Days Gone subreddit. Thanks for listening. Weaver out. Thank you.